Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs were able to put together a few minutes of effort. However, it was too little, too late. We will not dwell on the negatives. We'll pull out some positives and we will get into our weekly mailbag, our Friday mailbag. That's coming up in just one moment on Locked On Canadians. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 483. And to talk about the Canadians today, I am here as always. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick. And I'm joined as always by Habs Eyes on the Prize prospect expert. I love saying that because he's always so modest about it. Scott Matlas. Scott, how are you doing today? Well, if our pre-show discussion was any indication, uh, it's not great. And for those who want to peek behind the curtain, we started up our Zoom call to record and I promptly opened a beer in case you're wondering how Thursday night's game against the (laughs) Islanders went. Right. And it was not great. It seemed to be seeing a lot more of what we're used to, but there are a couple of things. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to point out the positives. You already know the story. The Canadians did not play with urgency. The defense, there were a lot of lapses defensively, a lot of goals. There was a goalie change for the first time. I think this season they put in uh, Samuel Montembeau uh, for Jake Allen, who was having kind of a rough night, but to be fair, it was the defense that was having an extremely rough night. And particularly it was black pairing. And that's about as much as I want to say about the bad, because here's the thing. There are a couple of things. There are a few things that I think are positive. I think the first, the very, very first thing that we should talk about is how good the Laval rocket are. And let me tell you why, because somebody it was kind of tongue in cheek tweeted at me or the, uh, or the Canadians, the locked on Canadians account that the only two people who were having a good night were Alex Belzy and Michael Pizzetta. And that kind of got me thinking, first of all, the rocket are good. That is a positive because a lot of the players that are on the rocket right now are eventually going to be players on the Canadians in the future. That's really exciting. And also this weekend will be uh, like big ticket viewing for the Laval rocket because Matthias Norlinder has been assigned to them for conditioning and Cole Caulfield's going to be there. That's going to be really fun. Definitely find a way to track. It's Saturday, right? The game is on Saturday. Yes, Saturday at 7 p.m. They are in Syracuse to face former adopted son of mine, Charles Houdon and the Syracuse Crunch. And then on Sunday, they head to Utica where they will play the Comets. Alexander Holtz is not there. So the uh, Devils prospects are down one of their top stars. It should be a very, very good weekend, a good test. Matthias Norlinder's on conditioning. He hasn't been officially assigned because of the European clause in his contract, but the Rocket are going to be a ton of fun, I think, this week. And win or lose, you know the goals are going to be flowing like we wanted from the Canadians. Even when the Rocket have lost, they're damn entertaining when they do it. And that's really, if you're trying, that's all I can ask, honestly. Exactly. And so let's get back to the NHL club. Here are some positives. One, I know it was only one period, but Montembeau played pretty well. He, he looked steady. He looked good. That's one Two, Brett Kulak and, and David Savard are not going to be that abysmal every night. They they will not. Like, I know people are like, oh, try them. 
They will not. So they will get better. Three, uh, Nick Suzuki still played okay. It wasn't as good as he played against Detroit, but he still played okay. He was he managed to score a goal and a great assist. Did you know a lot of the work on that Toffoli goal, that second Toffoli goal? So that is another positive. If he's back and he stays steady, the, the Habs will be good. I what I thought this game, honestly, was you know, we've been talking, people are like, oh, there's lack of effort, there's lack of effort. And I've said, no, the coaching, the strategy, the game plan, that's the problem. I think tonight it was mistakes and lack of effort. So I think that those two things are not a, a like a fundamental overarching problem as much as they are. They need to make fewer mistakes and they need to play with more urgency because what happened when they got the power play, particularly when they went up five, five on three was they all of a sudden seemed to wake up. The passes were connecting. They were doing the right things. And so We've talked all season, literally from the first day, that they were not playing with urgency. And this is what happens when you do not play with urgency. And in an earlier power play in the game, they played with no urgency. I mean, there's definitely a problem with motivation here. There's definitely a problem with focus. And this is something that I think that uh, overall, maybe the as as time goes on, it's going to get better because I saw that, you know, before it was like nothing was going right. Now it's like a couple of things are starting to go right. We also know that Carey Price is due back in Montreal very soon. It's unlikely that he's going to play for at least a week or two. He's rejoining his family now after being in the uh, NHL Players Assistant Program. It's going to take him some time to get back to to the actual team, and then to you know you got to get some practices, and then he's going to probably start you know maybe mid mid November, maybe late November. So you know it's going to be a it's going to be a few games yet before we see Carey Price, but he's coming back, and he's definitely somebody that in the room does not take crap from anybody. You know, the, the team is not going to play like this in front of Carey Price. They're going to get the stink eye. He's going to, you know, he's going to give them the look, you know, the look when Carey Price looks at you and then all of a sudden you wish you were dead, that look. So there's going to be, you know, the goaltending is definitely going to be better because this is something where, you know, Jake Allen is trying his best. He's had a couple of not great nights. He's, he's overworked. He's not used to playing this much. He's not used to being relied on this much. And sometimes when he has a really good game, he follows it up with a really bad one, probably because he's tired from all of the effort that he's putting into the good ones. So there's definitely like the, the goaltending will be more stable. I think, you know, the fact that they were actually able to score on the power play, I think is a big deal. Um, the other thing too, that I liked, but then I unliked, uh, right away was that they, you know, it was towards the end of the game. I want to say it was like, when did Nick Suzuki score? There was like four minutes left to the game. Like uh, it was some, very, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. He scored a right. shorthanded goal nonetheless. And exactly. then, then put Chara in a retirement home with his dangles. So right. that, that is all I'm taking away from this game at this point is <laughs> Nick Suzuki's is, back. Yes. Is what we're taking. Yes. Nick Suzuki's back. Right. And so he is one of the people that's going to have to set an example for this team. And the fact that he is still playing with a bit of urgency in the last couple of games, he keeps building on that. Now that he has his confidence back, that's good. Another thing is that Cole Caulfield's probably going to come back from Laval after some games. I doubt they're going to leave him there all season. Um, and we can still see some nice goals, even if the Canadians end up tanking. Scott, do you have any other positives? Uh, Michael Pozzetta and the fourth line was actually good. Again, it was a weird game where the top six was terrible and the bottom six was incredible and zero goals came of it. But Michael Pozzetta played another good game possession-wise, numbers-wise. I can't really find any fault with that. So... 
so far, I am very wrong on his NHL call-up. And another thing is that I'm going to turn that into a positive is that uh, one of the top six lines, so one of the top two lines, the Anderson Dvorak and uh, now Hoffman line, they were on the ice with David Savard and Brett Kulak, who were having, like we said, an abysmal night, and they're not always going to be that bad. So they were kind of victimized (laughs) by the defensive play uh, a little bit on that. So like some of their numbers are kind of like, you know, you would expect them to be better. That's that's a line that's usually strong, usually has Jonathan Drown it, and he's going to come back, right? Like they're keeping him out just as a precaution because he's not 100%. Another thing about David Savard is not, now I don't believe this, but Andrew Berkshire of the Crosscheck NHL show, and he's got game over Montreal now after every game. Um, he said that David Savard has been good this season. So we're going to have him on at some point in the very near future. And he's going to explain to us how David Savard has not been atrocious because I think he's been atrocious for the most part. And the argument that he's making is that actually he's been actually good. So Scott, I feel like you're kind of somewhere in the middle of that. I, I am just because I... My eye test does not line up with what the numbers are saying, but at the same time, I think David Savard's getting a lot of unfair flack for a lot of things. Are some goals his fault? Yes, but it is it it is not all on him. I'm really excited to see what Andrew has to say, just because I'm hoping it'll kind of help me analyze his game a little bit better uh, in the right. future anyways. And that's coming up in the near future, sometime in the coming weeks, whenever we can work it out with Andrew's extremely busy schedule. But in the meantime, we do have a mailbag and that is coming right up next. But first, remember that Built Bar is our, one of our favorite sponsors. They are a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. I literally have one every day for breakfast because I do that thing where I wake up and then I get busy with work and all of a sudden I realize that hours have gone by and I haven't eaten anything. And then I pull out a built bar. It's like having a candy bar for breakfast, but it's so full of protein. It keeps me satiated all the way until lunch. There's energy. They're made with real chocolate. They're all delicious. They don't have that yucky texture or taste that most protein bars have. Uh, And really, truly, they are delicious. And not only do they have 18 delicious flavors, but they have occasional special edition flavors. And right now it's Thanksgiving. They're coming up with a whole bunch of stuff. So go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 if you want to know what I'm talking about. These delicious protein bars made with real chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar, and really, really, really yummy. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. Scott, it is our favorite time of the week, and I'm so glad that when the Canadians lose on the Thursday nights, we have the mailbag to look forward to because it is truly, truly one of our most fun things that we do. Oh, oh, you know what? Uh, Ask the questions because then we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, some of the upcoming recurring segment type stuff we're going to do. So the first, and if you ever want to send us your questions, folks at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, we love all kinds of questions, unless you're will, in which case we dread them. Uh, And the first one comes from Jeff, the red, or first two come from Jeff, the red, the first being, what place do you feel Romanov should have on the Habs depth chart on defense? And what place do you think he has in Dominique Ducharme's mind? I think in Dominique Ducharme's mind, he's like defenseman number six. I want to say he's more of a four or five at this point in his career. I I don't know where I have him because he looks great some games and he looks lost the next and then 
he's so all over the place that it's like they I don't think they've given him the guidance he needs to truly reach his ceiling and I think Ducharme sees him as that sixth seventh kind of guy and they were hoping for more and they haven't really given him the tools to succeed in that so I'm hoping to be proven wrong on that very quickly and our next question from Jeff the Red if Caulfield does well right off the bat would you rather he be called up quickly or left to dominate in Laval for a while and avoid the Habs mess I like avoiding the Habs mess that to me honestly and truly seems like a good idea because there is some sort of dysfunction here there is definitely some sort of dysfunction at the big club we keep thinking it's an absence of leadership and bad coaching uh you know when ian was on a couple weeks ago we were talking about how mark bergevin's contract status is kind of hanging over the team there's a lot of uncertainty all of that you need somebody to to be in a situation where things are good seems like Laval, the players are good. The coaching seems to be good so far. I think Laval is good. I think stability. And, and that's something that I don't say lightly. For me, I think we talked about with Chris, with Chris Peters a little bit is if he gets his confidence back and he's just tearing it up, the Canadians are not really in a position to ignore him because they cannot score a goal to save their life for the most part. And if he gets his timing and confidence back and he starts tearing it up at the NHL, you just ride that way for as long as you can because it's experience he's going to need. But for right now, I don't think he should be an immediate call up, even unless he does something this weekend that you just cannot ignore. I'm talking like 10 goals in two games, kind of ridiculous, which if he does that, uh, yeah, have him on the first plane to Montreal out of Utica as soon as you can. But for <laughs> right now, I am in agreement with you that maybe keep him away from this mess for a little bit until something happens something i don't know what but something uh our next question comes from cole uh at what point does uh ryan palin get a chance to prove himself he's currently dominating in the ahl so i feel like we we kind of talked about this before is that every time he gets a chance to earn a spot on the nhl team he doesn't take the opportunity there seems to be some sort of mental block i truly don't believe that it's time to give up on him just yet but there's definitely like something that's preventing him from doing well. So for me, I feel like Ryan Paling's the guy you call up when you've already called up a bunch of Laval players anyway, and he's got kind of an opportunity, but there's less pressure. Like it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a lose-lose situation for him. So like he knows he's going to be called, he's going to be sent back down ASAP. So he can't really like, you know what I mean? Like, cause I don't see him seizing the opportunity without removing the pressure off of himself. I, I agree with that. Uh, we have another question. We have two more questions from Cole, but one is non-Habs related and I'll save that for our final segment. But Cole wants to know what is our nickname for Michael Pizzetta, the Pez dispenser, Pizzazzi Pizzetta. What do we have for nicknames? So somebody replied to that saying Pezzy. I like Pez Dispenser, but for a very bad reason. <laughs> I like Pez Dispenser because you know, and Scott, you've said it before, he has a tendency to do some real dumb shit. <laughs> and, and so for me, he's like Pez Dispensing when he does that. Uh, but you know what? He's got like, he's got energy and I would call him pizzazz like I think that the, the fact that the energy that he plays with the joy that he plays with like literally the joy that he plays with it's amazing so for me that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing 
is pizzazz. Well, I'm going to do a terrible impression here and be like, yeah, yeah, hey there, bud. Yeah, it's the Pez dispenser. He goes down there and he dispenses fist, don't you know? Uh, so I'm going to stick with Pez dispenser because it's hilarious. And our friends over at 514 Shirts have a Michael Pizzetta themed shirt that you should go take a look out. And our small goals boy shirt, which we helped, you know, kind of pitch the idea for. Uh, I'm sticking with Pez dispenser because one, it's more creative than anything that the players will come up with themselves and it just kind of rolls off the tongue and it's great. So I'm going to stick with Pez dispenser. Awesome. We've got time for one more question. This segment Uh, from Kevin Rogers. What happens first? Bergevin gets let go by the Habs or he gets a haircut. Oh, he's totally getting a haircut soon. I think he's getting a haircut before the holidays. Well, yeah, I don't think they're getting rid of him. I don't he's going to need to look dapper for his interviews after he gets fired. So like, <laughs> I just, I don't see it. it we, we, we were going to say no negatives, but like for me, I don't see there's any, there's no incentive for this owner to get rid of a, a, a GM when he's on the last year of his contract and there's an opportunity to get a high draft pick. Like I, I, I don't see it. I see him just burning out the rest of, of Mark Bergevin's contract and not like paying two GMs. Boy, that seems like it'll be a fun rest of the season. I, I can't wait to open that one up on Christmas Day. But uh, we do have a few more. We have a few more Habs questions, but we can save them for the next segment, Laura. And they're coming up in just one moment. But first, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on and you'll get 50% bonus on whatever you deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Scott, you have to tell me before we go off the rails because we have an email question that's very well suited to it. Laura, we have an email question. <laughs> Wait, are we are do we still do we not have Habs questions left? Uh we have a few. Okay, let's do the Habs questions before we go off the rails. <laughs> All right. So from Goalie Droid, how many goals does Caulfield score this weekend out of spite for being sent down? 62. 69 was the correct answer, but I'll allow it. So <laughs> no, and, and, and honestly, in all honesty, I think he can either score zero goals or five goals. It's not going to be in between. I, I imagine I would not be shocked to see him record a hat trick immediately because when Syracuse and Laval play, it's always filled with penalties and it's always power plays. So he's going to get his chances. Uh, I would not be shocked for five plus this weekend. Uh, and this one comes from Lady Jenpool, and I'm going to apply this question to the Habs. Which player is the guy who separates his M&Ms by color before eating them? Okay, I'm going to disqualify Brendan Gallagher because we use him for all of these questions. So in addition to Brendan Gallagher, I think that Cole Caulfield, well, can we use him as a Hab? 
Do we yes. have to pick somebody else? No, because, I will allow it. Okay, because he's he's like the child, right? Like that's what children do. But also, I just realized goalies are super superstitious, so it's definitely the goalies, all the goalies. Yeah, I, well, I was gonna say it's like it's Carey Price, Jake Allen. Like they're gonna sit there and they're gonna meticulously pick them out because all goalies are weird. They're so weird, and like there's no way that it's not the goalies. My only other option would be Yol Armia because he's quiet, he's very unassuming, and that seems like a, a him thing he would kind of do. Speaking of Armia, I just have something to say about him, and I want you listeners and you, Scott, to tell me if you agree or not. Armia, to me, is like the example of the player who looks most different wearing his hockey stuff and not wearing his hockey stuff. He looks like a completely different player or a completely different person, a completely different human being when he's wearing a suit arriving at the game. And then like when he's actually on the ice wearing a helmet, am I wrong? No, I, I am. I am very much there with you having seen him in person up close at games and like what he looks like out of it. He, he looks like a, a a medieval knight with all this stuff on. He's so large. And then it's just like he's this, you know, just very tall, lanky Finnish dude who looks entirely different on and off the ice. Did you want to get to the email question now or did you want me to get into the rest of the hockey questions? No, let's do hockey first. This is kind of hockey, but it's a fun hockey. All right. Uh, our last question from Cole. Who won the Jack Eichel trade, Vegas or Buffalo? I think it was Vegas, but I don't know if I'm if it's skewed because I'm looking at Buffalo and I'm like, that return is not going to move you to the next step. Whereas with Vegas, I'm like, yeah, I mean, they were a good team already, but now they're like a really, really good team. My thought is the only real winner in this trade is Jack Eichel, who can finally get the surgery he needs to not be in serious pain all of the time. Vegas obviously gets an elite center and Buffalo gets more rebuild pieces. So I think it's more uh, the player wins and Vegas obviously gets the best piece out of it. So if we're picking one team or the other, it's definitely uh, I would I'm going to say it's Vegas. So we have two off topic hockey or non hockey questions left. Okay, so we've got actually three uh, four. There's a mailbag question. And then there's another question that was uh, a private account. And I just realized that I had it on my private account and not on the locked, uh, locked on Canadians account. The, the first question is the mailback question comes from Carla. If Mark Bergevin does not get extended, do you think that Jeff Molson should go full Ted Lasso and maybe get a GM that isn't necessarily affiliated with hockey to run the team? I think hockey in general should have more people who are not involved in hockey running things like the Department of Player Safety and everything else because they need an outside perspective on things. However, I do think going that route with a GM is a dangerous game to play. Having some knowledge of how the game works and flows is important. However, I will say that they should get someone who is, I don't want to say relentlessly positive, but who isn't so... I guess easily on edge. Mark Bergman right now, if he were to have an interview at a podium, might be back to that phase where he's gripping the edges of it and looks like he's just going to break it in half. So I I would be interested to see that, though, to see if they could actually, if that would actually work in the NHL. I'm trying to think of who I would pick, though. But I do think, I think hockey in general needs new blood. Like the retreads are just too much for me. I also think the fact that 
you know, the GM has to speak French is a requirement. So maybe there's managers that are French speaking that aren't in hockey or, you know, haven't worked in hockey. And, you know, this is kind of obviously because you just won the world series, but like there's, there's a particular Montrealer that comes to mind. Uh, But I think it's an intriguing idea. And I, I love that. And I also feel like if we're going to go the Ted Lasso route, like I, I like, I like how Ted Lasso does things. I know, Scott, you haven't caught up on Ted Lasso yet. Everybody stopped discoursing on Ted Lasso because it's ruining it for Scott. But yeah, like I think I think just having like that positivity uh, and that and that sort of returning to just just being decent kind of aspect of it as well. Sometimes like I just I, I, I like that. I think hockey culture could use that anyway. I'm rambling, but I think that hockey culture could use new people. All right. So now we're going to turn our attention to like not hockey at all related. Uh, this question comes from Leifer 1984. What is the single best meal you've ever eaten? Also, what is the fanciest meal you've ever eaten? So Scott, you go first. The best meal I've ever eaten uh, sober was um, I had a blue cheese crusted filet mignon uh, at a grill along Canisius Lake. And it was incredible sitting out on the water. I had a nice cocktail. I had a beautiful baked potato, a side salad, and that just perfectly cooked filet mignon with blue cheese kind of, you know, slowly melted on there melt in your mouth kind of cooked to perfection it was incredible uh in the act of non-sobriety it was definitely a taco bell crunch wrap supreme where i walked from the bar two miles to the taco bell in brockport walked through the drive-through bought seven crunch wraps for everyone in our group and we sat on the uh, edge of the bridge on main street and ate them at about 2 30 in the morning and it was by far the closest I have ever come to experiencing Christ in my lifetime. And I hope I can find that again someday. <laughs> yes, at the draft in Montreal. Uh, and I know this is going to lead us to our next question, but I just thought of my answer for, for Leifer's question. The single best meal I've ever eaten, I cannot pick because everything I ate in Barcelona and everything I ate in Greece was absolutely delicious. Uh, if I had to pick out of one of them, there was this extremely, extremely divey tapas bar in Barcelona and it was a place that the locals go to that we heard about from a friend of my sister's Uh, I was traveling with my sister at the time and it was so so non-touristy that they didn't even speak English and my sister luckily speaks Spanish really well Um, and it was literally like the best food that I've had Uh, and it wasn't expensive at all and that was you know that that's like the best but the fanciest meal I've eaten is uh, a friend of mine wanted to try Joe Beef once he came into town and we went to Joe Beef and we had all of the things that people recommend uh, and a nice bottle of wine and it was really like the fanciest meal I've eaten. I know it sounds cliche but I am a Montrealer and those of you who know me know I will have traveled quite a bit and and you know like I've been very very lucky to experience a lot of different things but the fanciest meal that I could think of is you know why it is it's because we had to get a reservation like two and a half months in advance or something like that it was ridiculous so that to me in my mind is the fanciest and i'm really not like i like a good eat but i'm really not the kind of person who like goes somewhere where like there's a dress code i don't like restaurants with dress codes like that kind of stuff Uh, i was to say a related question comes from mark quill 
Best eats in Montreal. Okay, so this is where uh, Scott and I have decided there's a couple of more recurring segments we want to introduce. So in the last couple of weeks, we've done prospect uh, look-ins, roundups, check-ins. This week, we had an episode with Chris Peters yesterday in which we talked about Sean Farrell after we were done talking about Cole Caulfield. Uh, we're also doing three up, three down every Monday, uh, talking about the previous week. And every week at some point during the week, and I'm not going to tell you when because it's going to be when I think about it or experience it, I will recommend one place that people go to when they come to Montreal for the draft. I feel like it's about time. So these are like, and, and if these people want us to advertise, they should call us, but I will mention one place per week. I'm not going to be like singing the praises of one place. Uh, and this week I decided to um, spotlight Hoff Kelston. It is a bakery that has the best bread in Montreal. And the reason that I bring this up is because I know if you're going to be here for the draft, you're, you're probably not going to be going to the bakery and buying a pile of bread. But they also supply some restaurants in the city with their bread. They do have a brunch. It hasn't actually been in effect since COVID started, but they, they are known for their brunch. So hopefully that'll be back by the time that that um, that the draft rolls around. Anyway, Hoff Kelston, find out what, what they supply. Or if, if you're staying somewhere, just pick up some bread from there for your breakfast. Like if, if you're if you're renting a place or even even at the hotel, like if they've got like, you know, if they've got somewhere you could store it, get bread from Hoff Kelston. That's one of my top three bakeries in Montreal. And that is my first recommendation for the Montreal Draft Eats segment of the show. All right. I think we have one question left. Yes. And this one comes from our nemesis. If you had to be an Instagram influencer for a day, what pseudoscience nonsense item would you push? Note, the more evil and harmful the item is, the more money you'll make for the day's work. Okay, see, Will, like, you know me and you know I'm not going to do this, right? I do not believe in things like that. But here's the thing. If they paid me to market something that wasn't harmful, so for me, something like, ooh, this water has vitamins in it or something like that, as if that's a thing and you don't pee them out, right? Like, uh, those kinds of things, like the, the scammy waters, but, like, the don't destroy your insides, that one I'd be down with, like, you know, if I, if I, if I had to be an Instagram influ influencer for a day and if they were paying me and I'd forego the big bucks to, like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't chill like detox teas or anything like that, because most of the pseudoscience stuff is like it's based on weight loss. And that's it's an industry that like profits off of people's, you know, hatred of themselves. And they're usually really, really bad for you. So unless it's like a bracelet that like changes your mood, like a bracelet that makes you happy or something like that, I would go with a water that claims to be infused with nutrients. I'm going to say cupping. I don't get it. It looks weird. It looks gross. And there are enough dumb pro athletes out there that I think I could easily make enough money off of that anyway. So like, yeah, I, I think that's about as far as I would go because I'm not evil enough to actually sell people things that are harmful to them. Yeah, I think I think I think he knew we were going to go with that. And I think he's going to he's going to call us lame in the morning when he hears this episode. <laughs> He'll get over it. That's fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> 
He'll be fine, as will we. The Canadians might not be, but we will. And we want to thank all you guys for your questions. Thank you so, so much. Some of them were really, really cool. Emily, we've not forgotten. Sorry, we have not forgotten the cool topics that you brought up and that we want to use for segments. Also, we are going to talk about our favorite hockey books, maybe coming up in the next week. We're going to talk about, we're going to recommend some hockey books for somebody just getting into hockey. And that's all coming up next week. In the meantime, Check out that Laval Rocket game. And also, if you ever want to get in touch with us, we're at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. We are also at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Uh, Scott is at Scott Matla. I am at The Active Stick. Please subscribe or follow this, uh, subscribe to or follow this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you liked us, make your second listen of the day, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Scott Cullen, the best in the business. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.